love. Hello, hello, beautiful people. I'm Haley. I'm your guide to love. Welcome. This channel is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I'm here with certified sex coach, Kane Joyland. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. Okay. We were just having a juicy conversation. I was like, we've got to press record, even though we're going to have to repeat. <laughs> so tell everyone who you are. I am a certified sex coach and I basically help couples and individuals take their relationship in marriage, or marriage relationships or sex life from ordinary to extraordinary. Mm, yes, so I, yes. I, I, I kind of primarily focus on technique. I focus on helping people understand their bodies and their partner's bodies. And I help people work with reframing and get rid of those negative messages that we messages that we received growing up. Mm, yeah, so that's my primary focus. And I do it mainly through uh, group workshops. And I also do something called conversation parties. And soon I'll be doing online courses. So yes, I'm loving all that. Okay, so what would be what do you think is the biggest problem that people are dealing with? You know, you would be surprised it, it varies. But my most common questions that I get on Instagram would surround uh, orgasms, lack thereof, it surrounds if you have a penis, how to enlarge the penis. There's so many misconceptions and shame surrounding the penis. And there's also uh, a lot of questions about how to control eager ejaculation. I hate to call it premature because it just sounds so harsh. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You know, I've actually gotten several guys um, reach out to me on Instagram and say that too, about how to make it. Can you actually, because I've, I've researched this too, and sometimes I feel like there's this one person that he says you can just do stretches to make it longer. Do you think that that's like the joking you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, mm, you know, I think that there needs to be a lot more research on that. Um, I think that you can also do some damage. I would be concerned about that. But in reality, I don't really think that there's a real way to increase your penis size. They do have surgeries, but then you're risking damaging, you know, nerve endings. And it's no point of having a large penis if it's not getting erect or you can't feel anything. Mm, yes. <laughs> so it's no point. And a lot of that is mental. A lot of that is mental. They think because all they've seen are these huge penises in porn. So if that's all you've ever seen, if you've only seen eight, nine inches, mm -hmm. you don't understand that 5.25 inches that would be the norm. Mm. And I'm glad we're actually talking about this starting off because I had a guy friend reach out to me recently. He was like, because, you know, because of the work, you know, I'm, we were just being blunt and he told me his size and I was like, stop worrying about it. Like how, how, what size was he it? said he was nine, but I'm like, you're probably exaggerating. Oh Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> all I'm saying is the fact that I told him, I was like, don't even focus on that because if it's too big, it just hurts. And what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I think that there's this misconception that bigger is better. And that's not always the truth, mm -hmm. you know, and especially if they don't allow, allow our vaginas to tint, <laughs> mm. you know, but really, and then let's go into, so you said before we start talking about, I mean, before we start recording the fact that there's so much miseducation and there's so much people don't know. And I always say that I thought me not having an orgasm was, I was the only one, which obviously now we know I'm not. So go into that. Yes. Um, it's actually quite common. It's, it's quite common. 
um, that's probably one of the, from female body individuals, that's probably one of my most common questions surrounds how do I have an orgasm? But then I have to ask questions because a lot of times they'll tell me I've never had an orgasm and they're not actually talking about the orgasm. They may be talking about squirting. They may be talking about a vaginal orgasm where they're receiving an orgasm from clitoral stimulation, but they're not through vaginal sex. And then there's also, you know, pre-orgasmic primary and pre-orgasmic secondary. So I usually ask, are you, can you have an, or primary is where you can't have an orgasm by yourself and you can't have it with someone else. Secondary, you can have it by yourself, but you can't have it with, with a partner. And then there comes the intercourse orgasm. So that's the first thing that I have to identify because there are a number of reasons why we're not having orgasms. There's tons of reasons. So mm. yeah. Let's go into some of them. Okay. It really depends on what, it, what, what, what their concern is. So let's say if it's someone that has some concern with primary orgasm, where they are unable to experience an orgasm by themselves or with a partner, usually there's something related to that. So it could be a situation where they received um, messages, oppressive sexual messages growing up, and they've since internalized those messages. Mm. It could be someone that's having a hard time releasing and letting go. It could be trauma. It could be situations where they've been shamed about their body or they've been told, that's dirty, don't touch that, you know? So now they basically internalize these messages and they have a hard time letting go. It can also be things that people don't think about. Antidepressants, you know, Zoloft, Prozac is notorious for that. Anxiety and birth control medicine. And those are major things that people don't think about. And our, and our doctors, we're afraid to talk to our doctors about it. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm suffering from a cold, so you might see me wiping a little bit. Yeah, you're good, you're good. I'm sorry. Um, I want to add something real quick because you literally just spoke to me three years ago. I know we talked about this before, but I really want people watching to know or listening to know that like that was me. I was on an antidepressant and birth control, super high anxiety in a corporate job, dating someone and then nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And I grew up really religious. So I remember being like, what's going on? It was primary and secondary. Yes. Yes. And then, (laughs) yes, but you know, who, who do you ask? Who do you ask this? You know, we've been taught, don't talk about sex. Mm -hmm. There's all this shame and judgment around it. But if we don't talk about it, how do we know that? Yes, we are normal. You know, nothing's wrong. You just need a little guidance. That's all. I agree with you. Yes. Yes. And, And I've noticed too, and I'm sure you've noticed this doing this work that people get so excited when you're really open because they're like, oh, wow, how, you know, they just start talking. You know, I say anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I will say anything. That's great. You know, I I really, really work hard at normalizing the conversation Mm -hmm. because, you know, people always laugh and they say, can you talk about it like it's the weather, like it's nothing? I said, well, we all do it. That's how you got here. Mm-hmm. And people really want to know, but they just want to know that people aren't shaming them or have judgment about them. And so let's go on to the secondary. Now, as it relates to the secondary, it's a whole bunch of reasons why that also could happen. It could be intimacy issues. It could be that you're not aroused enough. It could be that 
you you haven't voiced what you need and want from a sexual partner and see that's a big thing right there it's huge you know we we lay down with a person we become intimate with a person but we can't use our mouth to talk about what it is that we want i said you can put his dick in your mouth but you can't use your mouth to say (laughs) you know and it's a real truth you know, it's a real truth. So that is a really big thing. It's, it's, it could be mental where you need a little bit more mental foreplay. It could be that you're not aroused enough. It could be that you fear intimacy. It, it, it could be that your relationship is not where it's, it should be. You could be stressed. You could be in your head and thinking. Now, you know, and I used to actually have this pretty bad where my mind, I had so many things going on. Mm. I had small children. I'm engaging with my husband and I'm thinking about what lunch I have to make. I'm thinking about the stuff I have to do with the office. I'm thinking I need to do the laundry. I'm thinking about all of these things. And so what's happening is we're in our head. We're disconnected from our body. So if you're up here with your monkey mind, Mm -hmm. thinking about everything or the spot on the ceiling, how... (laughs) can you actually experience an orgasm so it really takes us releasing and letting go and allowing and also some people just don't give themselves permission to let Mm. go they they really don't because they've just they've just been fed these narratives that sex isn't good or sex is nasty or something along those lines so they have challenges Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to the mind racing too. Um, and I also think too, that's so important how you brought up, oh man, you let a dick in your mouth, but you're not communicating your needs. And that is so common that what I've noticed with the woman that I've worked with too, is because they, it's like they don't know what they want and then they don't know how to communicate that. Mm-hmm. So and let's that, go into that. Yes, absolutely. And that is a big thing. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we were taught when I was training is, is that we are responsible for our own orgasm. That is something that they constantly told us. You have to communicate this with the people that you're helping. You are responsible for your own orgasm. And with that said, if you don't know what brings you to orgasm, if you can't bring yourself to orgasm, how do you expect someone else to bring you to orgasm and that really involves us becoming comfortable with ourselves it's it's it involves us touching ourselves and exploring ourselves and finding out what feels good to us and that's how you start to really have an orgasm Mm, yes (laughs) and i'm glad we you brought this up too because this was something you know for me i played the victim card a few years ago when that was happening because i looked to that guy that i was dating like hey you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you know, and so, yeah, I'm so glad I took my power back in learning this, but because I think that it's so empowering when you can give yourself an orgasm. So go into that for the women that are sitting here. Like the first thing is get comfortable with yourself. Um, one of the things I hear often is people are uncomfortable touching themselves. I hear this so much because when I give gifts out, I give dildos, vaginal waves. So everyone's afraid to open my gifts. I give them for birthdays, anniversaries. I'm going to start doing that. Look, baby shower gifts. (laughs) I give out these types of toys because I want to encourage people to really explore their own bodies. So the first thing is, you know, make space for yourself. Create a sacred spot for you to date yourself for a moment. You know, 
and then light some candles, get some music, make sure your door is locked, no children are around, and just take time for yourself and explore your body. Explore, and, and one of the things is I often tell people, the inside of the body is much more sensitive than the outside of the body, okay? So you may find that you can touch, you know, here in the inside of your body, and it's very, very sensitive just with the tips of your fingers. If you like it, just imagine if your partner, I know I found a spot like right here in my inner elbow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's what I just found it rubbing one day. Like, oh my, that feels very, very good. Mm -hmm. So we want to kind of explore and see what feels right to us. Then we want to look at our vulvas. A lot of people have never seen their own vulvas before. And that's a shame, you know? So get a mirror, look at your vulva, look at the way your lips are made, touch it, touch your clitoris, touch your vaginal opening, get familiar with your body and see what feels good, you know? And then you can do your exploring first, then you can go into your masturbation practices. And you may need some help. You may need someone to help guide you if you're unfamiliar with where to touch or something like that. But that's really what we do as coaches. We really start with masturbation practices to help people learn to experience an orgasm. Mm, yeah, definitely. And then this is what I always ask coaches because sometimes people are pro or against, are you pro vibrator or not? Okay, I'm pro vibrator. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> I always tell people, I know one of the things that a lot of coaches teach is to use a vibrator that looks like a back massager. It's one of the- Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's so intense and so powerful. I personally think it's a little much to start with. I prefer just a small bullet. I prefer like a rabbit or something along those lines. I think that you, when you condition your body to take a vibration that strong, there's no person that's going to be able to mimic that same intense vibration. So now you got another issue because yes, now when we start to incorporate this with your partner, your partner can't mimic that. It, it just, it's too strong. And you don't want to condition your body to that strong sensation. So yes, I am pro vibra vibrator. Um, a lot of times if people have not experienced an orgasm and it's been a very, very long time, sometimes they need that more intense sensation more so than their hand. So yes, but one of the things that you can do to kind of like make the sensation less, you can maybe fold a washcloth and then put the washcloth on your clitoris and then use the vibrator. And I always suggest start on low first. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you say that because I, um, I personally don't use one because I'm, I, maybe I'm one of those weird people. I've never, I've tried a variety of them. I've never had an orgasm with one. Okay. Maybe it's just too intense for me. It could be. It could be. What about, do you use your hand? What do you use? Mm -hmm. No, just my hand and the dildo. Yeah. And that's awesome because that works for you. You don't have to use a uh, vibrator. Mm -hmm. If that works for you, that's wonderful. And that's why, that's why it's important to experiment, you know, use your hands, see how that feels and then try a vibrator. And they have so many different, you know, settings and things like that. You kind of want to experiment and see what works for you. Yeah, definitely. And then what about porn? Cause I know there are some people that are like, so against it. And then some people that are like, oh, it's okay. A little bit. I think that porn can have its benefits. I think that there's pros and cons to porn. I'm not against porn, 
what I'm against is, is compulsive use where it's interfering with your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. It's a situation where you're using porn to replace a partner. You, you, you need porn to get aroused to be with your partner. We have a problem. We have a problem. That's something that has to be addressed. But I think that, you know, for fantasy, I know, I know a couple that would put porn. They had a threesome fantasy. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would put porn on and they would make love to each other and they would kind of pretend like that person was in the room, you know, and they did this fantasy play. And I, I've said, you know, I thought that was wonderful. Oh, okay. You know, and I also have issues with it when people use it for education. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for entertainment. You know, it's it's a movie. It's not a, a it's not sex ed. You know, and then there's also the other piece that I I really have challenges with is when people use it to compare themselves. Mm. For example, you know, if the penis is not a certain size. If their vulva looks different, you know, because now we have all this this labiaplasty. Everyone wants these perfect mm-hmm. you know, vaginal lips and the clothes and this perfect vagina or vulva because they've seen it in porn and they think that something's wrong with them if they mm-hmm. have flowery lips. And every single vulva looks different, but in porn, you know, they they make them look that way. They actually have surgery and make them look a certain way. So you have these cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. both of us and so I think that it can it can cause body image issues for some because people think that that's the norm and something's wrong with them but like I said I don't have a problem watching it you know I watch it myself sometimes mm-hmm. I watch it with my husband you know but you know I think that it can expose you to different genres things that maybe you didn't think about you know but Everything is in moderation. Mm, true. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up about the labiaplasty because I've actually heard that that's like the number, I don't know if this is true. I need to look up the numbers, but that's like the number one plastic surgery now. I know it was definitely, I don't know those um, numbers on it, but mm-hmm. I know that it was one of the fastest growing. Absolutely. Wow. And people are going down there and they're, they're clipping and it's because they think it's ugly. You know, so I, I, you know, and it's a really sad thing, you know, that we're not embracing what we look like. Mm, yeah, very true. Because I've not, I don't know, I would not want anyone near that cutting. Oh, <laughs> much magical to have anybody clip. <laughs> <laughs> but really, um, but yeah, I love that you said look it in the mirror and really like embrace the self love and everything because I've noticed too. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a trend with women removing their breast implants because of the, um, what is it? The kit, the implants leak. So I've noticed that trend. Yes. Yes. I haven't looked, I haven't done a lot of research on um, cosmetic surgery, but it does seem like that we are moving or taking a shift to embrace who we are. Yep. And and I love that, that we're moving in that direction and changing the narrative that you have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain size. You have to have a certain size breasts. You have to have a big butt. You know, no, you don't. You have to be you and happy with you. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I went through a period, just me personally, where like, I'm, I'm, I'm really small, <laughs> you know? And so I was like, oh, is it, you know? And, but now, like, the more and more I'm into this, it's like, no, I would never want surgery, you know? And so it's really all about just embracing my own body. 
and you know, it takes time. I think that we all, even us as teachers, you know, we, mm -hmm. we also have those, like I have, I'm, I'm a thick woman. Mm -hmm. So my, when I was, before I started having children, my breast was 36 B for years and years and years. Now I've gained so much weight. They're like 44 triple D, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I started, I literally, it's so funny. We're having this conversation. I was having the conversation with, with my husband and we, I had an obsession with undergarments and, you know, bras and undergarments and my undergarments had to match whatever clothes I was wearing. And, it, you know, it was this obsession that I have. And when, as I started gaining weight, I stopped doing that. Mm. But it was something that I really enjoy. And I noticed that I stopped doing that because initially I wasn't feeling as sexy because I had all the extra weight, you mm -hmm. know, on me, but this is who I am, you know, it's who I am. All my fabulousness and all. So. Mm, yes. Yes. <laughs> so we all have those challenges from time to time. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So what do you want? Cause I know we talked about a variety of different topics. People are really struggling sexually. They're not talking about it. What do you want people to take away from this conversation? First of all, yes, you're normal. Yes, you are normal. Yes. And that it's okay to have these conversations. And you're not the only person that wants to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with orgasm, it's okay to explore yourself. It's okay to get rid of any type of beliefs that no longer serves you. And that's is part of how you move forward as well. But sex is normal, it's beautiful, and you could really experience pleasure like you've never experienced in your life if you learn to relax and let go. And I understand that, that sometimes that's harder, you know, easier said than done, but it's possible. Mm, yes, I love all those. <laughs> and I want to add something too. Don't you think that part of that whole with the woman struggling to let go is the maybe them not feeling safe yes yes i think that that has a lot to do with it i think it's not feeling safe and i've also noticed that in addition to that it's thinking is wrong because they receive some type of messaging from their religion from their parents from their friends They're, they receive something that is not right or they shouldn't feel you know a lot of things you know, there's been a lot of messaging saying that we're supposed to serve our partner and not have pleasure ourselves. Some people mm -hmm. think that, that they're only supposed to give and not receive. And that's not true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, come on. I, I think all women have received that on a deep subconscious level, really. That they, I'm sorry, what was that? That were sexist for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I have to get mine too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, listen. The older I'm getting, the more I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> But, and then thankfully, you know, I'm with partners that are more, you know, obviously more respectful in that area, but yeah, that is so important. And then we do a lot of performance-based sex, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're performing, we're performing, we're performing, we're trying to, to basically mimic what they do on porn. And so we're not really taking and having time receiving. Like, that's another thing. You wouldn't believe how many people have a hard time receiving just laying back and receiving pleasure. Yeah. And something that we need to do as well. Because I want to add something to you real quick, because I've been this person and I noticed that it affected other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, don't you think that too? That, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. If you're a giver, you can never say no. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like over giving, over giving. Oh yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so depleted over here, but I, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn. You, you have to learn. No. Yes. yes. Learn. Yes. As well. Cause some people just don't even know how to say yes as well. It's not always no. Mm, yes, mm. definitely. Okay. So where can everybody find you? They can find me at www.romanticdiscovery.com as well as at Sex Coach Kane on Instagram. Definitely. So amazing. Okay, I will put all your links below. I'm so thankful we did this. We'll definitely have to do another one. Yes, yes. Just let me know. Okay, thank you so much Bye. for joining. Thank you. And then everyone comment below. Let us know your thoughts. I know we discussed a lot. And as always, I want to hear your feedback. All right. Bye.